There are over 500,000 elected officials in the United States, meaning that at least one out of every 1,000 American adults serves in an elected position. But despite the fact that there are more women than men in this country, only about 20 to 25% of all elected positions are held by women. It's not because we don't get elected as often. Is it that women are less likely to be encouraged by their parents, teachers, and community to run? Or maybe it's that we don't think we're qualified enough or prepared enough to run. But I think a big reason is that we just don't know what it's really like to run for elected office. And that is the point of this podcast. Elected, where I'll share with you week by week what it's like as a woman to run for elected office in the United States of America. Are you ready? I'm ready. Oh my gosh. I am so excited for this. So hey everyone, I'm Meg. I'm Sam. And this is our very first episode of Elected. We've got the dogs here and they keep walking around making noise. We're just going to let Spark sit on his bed. So maybe we should start with why we decided to do this podcast in the first place. Okay. So I got this crazy idea that I was going to run for office, dragged you into it with me. And then I thought, you know, it's really hard for women to run for office. So what if we chronicle this journey and that way women who are thinking about it or maybe even getting ready to run themselves can listen to what this is like and hear what we go through and how we deal with things and, I don't know, get a get some ideas. Yeah. Is that, yeah? All right. And I made Sam do this with me because <laughs> I think it's more fun when it's two of us. So... All right. Well, here we go. So what are we going to start talking about? What's our first... We don't have a format for these. No. I guess kind of starting at the beginning, I guess, from like the start. So I was born in 1984. Yeah. <laughs> Should I say when I was born? No, no. That'll make all of us feel bad about ourselves. Thanks, Sam. It's awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah. All right. The beginning. I like that. So I... I don't really know when I decided to run for office. I think, you know, I think like many people, the 2016 election shook me up and made me realize that I wasn't being as impactful as I wanted to be. And, uh, you know, that there were a lot of issues in this country that we hadn't made as much progress on as I thought we had. And that really did shake my world. And so I started to think about how I could have a bigger impact. And a big part of that was quitting my job in corporate and deciding to start my own business. But even through that, I felt like I still wasn't having the impact that I wanted to have and that I still wasn't in the right rooms to change the things that I really cared about. And so I started to dip my toe in and have conversations with people about politics and started to learn more about what was going on. I felt like I was pretty educated at the national level, but definitely was not educated at the state or local level. And so I've spent the better part of the last few years doing that. You know, I joined the advisory committee in my town, which has been incredible. I've gotten to learn so much about how local politics work and how towns run and what some of the issues are there. But even still, I kept feeling like, I'm still not in the room where the issues I really care about are being talked about. And so when I stepped back 
probably last summer and really started to think about what my next step was going to be, I said, you know, where where can I have the most impact? Where can I bring my perspectives and experiences and and have that space benefit from those? And where are the issues I care about really being talked about? And so that's what led me to decide to run on the state level. And, you know, I think even in making that initial decision that I think this is what I want to do, I started to learn more about the issues that are specifically affecting my district. And that's when I realized that it was even more important for me to run because, yeah, there were those big issues I was really passionate about that I'll get to uh, to push forward when I'm in the state Senate. But now there are all these other issues that I didn't fully realize uh, how bad they were. Um, you know, climate change is a big one for us in this district. Transportation is a big one. And so now that I'm learning about those, I'm realizing, oh, my goodness, like I can bring so much value to these conversations. Yeah, and I think that's like that's a good point, too, because I think a lot of people don't think they can bring value, Mm -hmm. Um, especially working moms don't think they have time so they can't bring anything to the table. So I think a lot of the times it's realizing that I have an opinion. You're uh, just bringing your opinion to the, the table is so important, too, because a lot of people say. I mean, voting is obviously the the heart of our democracy, but mm-hmm. a lot of the times going behind the scenes and talking about what we're voting on yeah. is like that one step can make a whole bunch of a difference. And a lot of people don't know that. I love that. I think that's that's such a smart thing to say. And I love that you mentioned working moms. Are we like, are we already going to go there? Are we already going to talk about the working mom thing? <laughs> you know, I'm very passionate about We this. love working moms. We do love we working, value moms. working moms. We do. We do. Well, I think that was, it's funny, like that's been one of the things that I think, you know, when you decide to run for office, a lot of people will say like, good for you for stepping up or whatever. But I think as a working mom, so I, I run my own business. I run two businesses, actually. And then I have a three-year-old, almost three-year-old. And I think that's actually one of the things that I hear most often is um, I think it's a mix of admiration and then also maybe shock and surprise that I'm doing this with a young child because, and they're not saying it, but you can tell they're thinking like, she's yeah. never going to see her child and how could she do this to her child? And, and they'll never and, say that about No, men. No, never. they won't. They won't. And, you know, it's it's tough to compare in this race. So my opponent is my age, but he doesn't have children. So it's tough to kind of compare in this particular race because he doesn't have that that um, aspect to deal with. But I think you're right. I mean, it's we know other men with children. I'm not going to name names <laughs> who are running for office right now. And no one's talking no about one. the fact that that have young children. And no one's talking about the fact that, you know, he's running for office with young children. And what is it doing to them? So I think that's maybe part of why I wanted to do this podcast was to show people, but women especially, um, that you can do this when you have young children. I hope that's the answer, frankly. At the end of the day, we don't know what the end looks like, but I hope the answer is that you can do this as a working mom. Because if it's not, then what does that say about our democracy? Yeah, that it Silence. won't cater to... I mean, no one wants to say that it won't cater to I know. certain people, but it doesn't cater to certain people. And it doesn't. I think working, actively working to, to change that, I think is what, what needs to be done for so many different communities. I think working yeah. at... Like this one, we're focusing on working moms. But yeah. I think, you know, when we win this, the next step is to include other 
communities that are left out. I like that. I like that you said when we win this. That was (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny. You just reminded me. I was flying recently and uh, the pilot was a woman, which I love because I'm also very interested. I'm in the process of working towards my private pilot's license. So anytime I see a woman pilot, I'm super jazzed. And she gets on the, the speaker and she starts telling this story about how when she was a little girl and her teacher had asked her what she wanted to be when she grew up, she said a pilot. And they were like, oh, that's sweet. But girls aren't really pilots. This is like the 70s, I think she said. And then she grows up. She obviously becomes a pilot and she has uh, her son. And when her son was in, her now adult son was in kindergarten, I think she said, um, same question. Now she's obviously a pilot. The um, Her husband was, I think, a firefighter. And so somebody asked the, her son, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he said, a firefighter like my daddy. And the teacher, this is probably the 90s, so things have evolved a little bit. And the teacher says, oh, you don't want to be a pilot like your mommy. And he goes, no, silly. Um, being a pilot is a girl's job. And I loved that because yeah. I was like, it's funny how, you know, it's all about what you see, right? So you know, I'm running for a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons I'm running is so that women can see other women running. And I think the more we do this and the more we see working moms running, the more it'll be easier to say, well, she did it. So maybe I can do it too. Yeah. And I think we're getting this last election cycle in 2018. We saw a lot of that in the United States Mm -hmm. Senate in the house, um, in all those congressional races. And I think kind of moving that to the state and local level or the next steps, especially the local level. Yeah. Well, and it's funny too, because I think there are a lot of places where more women are involved at the local level, especially with school committee and things like that. But to your point, I also think there's plenty of um, areas, my town in particular, where not that many women are involved at the local level. It tends to be older, um, you know, male residents that get involved. And so I think it is a really, um, really good thing to show women that, um, you know, we can do this and that you don't have to be independently wealthy or retired to, to do this. Yeah. And I think even with, it could, you don't have to just run, like you can just get involved. It's Mm -hmm. just taking that next step because you don't know if you, let's say you join your DTC Mm -hmm. or. Wait, hold on with the lingo. What does DTC mean? (laughs) Democratic town committee. (laughs) Um, if you join your democratic town committee, um, or a Republican or Republican Town committee. committee. I think either way, if you join those committees, those councils, um, those boards, mm-hmm. it's it's so different yeah. um, from that side, and I think it's it's so important to because you never know, like potentially, like what that might lead to. Like yeah. you might be really interested in something, or even if you're like on, if you join, let's say the advisory board, mm-hmm. you could know very little about it, yeah. and then by the end of the term you're there or the by the end of the meeting you could have learned so much more about your 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 town and let's say the money that's going from the state to your town so I think just learning about that stuff is it's really it's really inspiring to get involved no I love that and I think to your point there's so many things at the local and state level that really do affect Um, our lives. And even so we're here in Massachusetts, which, you know, a lot of people think is a very progressive state. So, oh, we're good. We don't have to worry about some of this stuff. But we're still we have legislation right now to protect Roe versus Wade because that's at risk. We have legislation right now to protect immigrants. We have legislation 
um, out there for climate change. Like we're still dealing with a lot of these big issues that we're hearing about on the national level, but the state is working really hard to put protections in place for these things. Mm-hmm. Um, in some cases, because the national or the federal government isn't, but in others, just because it's a priority of the state and it's something like climate change is really relevant to a lot of the people in Massachusetts, uh, especially being on the coast. So I think it's, I think there's a lot going on that people aren't aware of at the state and local level. Yeah, and they just did red flag laws, gun control laws the last few years. There's definitely hot topics that um, are ongoing. There's always, there's constantly having conversations on everything. So there's room to, to learn and get involved. Yeah, I love it. All right, so let's, we should talk about the campaign because I feel like this is what people want to know, right? They want the behind the scenes. The nitty gritty. <laughs> what does the campaign look like? Emails. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we've been at this for two weeks, yeah. I think, right? We announced two weeks ago. Um, what, I can share mine, but what has been sort of your, what have the last two weeks been like for you? I think a lot of it, it goes by fast, but slow at the same time. Like the day, the days go by really fast, but you think it's only been two weeks. Like I feel like it it's been like two years. <laughs> it feel, feels like it's been so long. Yeah. Um, but the days do really go by fast. Um, I mean, a lot of it is like, I really love like the research part of it. Yeah. Um, cause you're researching everything, right? So what kind of things are you researching? Um, like things that have been going on in the, um, like legislation, um, that goes through, it could be like stuff the Senate is voting on, things that are going in committee, things that are in committee in the House that could be coming to the Senate, um, and vice versa. Um, and just a lot of it is scrolling through social media, um, seeing what activists are saying and what people are talking about. And I think you bring up something interesting that if I were me six months ago listening to this, I would immediately be thinking, oh my gosh, like this is back to that imposter syndrome thing, right? Like if I don't know a lot about policy, if I don't know a lot about what's going on, like let's just say you're running, you want to run for state, state level. I don't know a lot that's going on at the state house that I would be really intimidated by that. But I think one of my takeaways, it's not that I'm uninformed, but one of my takeaways is there's just so much going on that if you pull yourself out of this because you think I don't know enough, then you're doing yourself a disservice because nobody even the people who are in there right now know everything that's going on. And you will get people to help you do this research. You will get people to summarize it and help you figure out what to focus on. So if, if you're hearing that and you're like, oh my goodness, like, I don't know what's going on and I'm not that ingrained in it. I, like That's not a reason mm-hmm. not to run. I never want to be the smartest person in the room. Right. I always want to surround myself with smarter people. Yeah, I like that. I like that. That's really smart. Oh, it's very smart of you. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so what what do you feel like, what has been most surprising to you about the last two weeks? I think it's the, the amount of people you have, like, people you have to talk to, yeah. like, that are in the district. Yeah. I never kind of understood the lengths that it goes. Because it's a, it's a lot of going through each, like for, for me, even researching these boards and these councils and committees and things like that and reaching out to each person yes. and just courtesy. Yeah. She'd be like, hi, my name is, and then just like, I'm running for this. Yep. This is what I represent. Yeah. Um, 
just wanted to invite you to this, this, and this. Right. Um, giving the, the, the heads up. up. Yep. And even building, starting to build relationships is a lot of it. I think that's that's really it. It's it's the relationships because I think when we first sat down and looked at the list that like our team put together, it was like 200 plus people. And I was like, oh, wow, how am I going to have coffee with 200 plus people? And I haven't for anyone wondering. I mean, I'm working my way through the list. But I think I did sort of see it as, a, oh, I have to give all these people a heads up. But as I've actually sat down and talked to everybody, it's been so fascinating because I'm learning about what matters to them, what they're stressed about what they're seeing on the ground and it it's whether they're going to vote for me or not they've sort of unwittingly become a part of my team because they're giving me information that I may not necessarily be able to go out and get on my own either because of access or time and so it's been fascinating there was a woman I met with who was very you know vocal about the fact that she wasn't going to support me because she liked my opponent which is fine but I, you know, I still sat down with her and that was a great conversation. I learned a lot of things from her and she actually brought up issues that nobody had brought up to that point because she's very um, sort of in it in this one specific area. And that was fascinating. So it's, it's all beneficial, but it is, it's draining. And I think a lot of the time, like nationally, we hear about country divide, political divide, party divide. But when you get to the local level, Mm. people are willing to meet with you and talk with you. Yes. And a lot of people, people just want to be heard. People want to be, yeah. they want someone who's going to fight for them. And if that means checking off a box that's not mm-hmm. typically what they they right. vote for, then yeah. this person's going to fight for me. I'm going to vote for them. No, I really, I really like that. And I think, I think that's been maybe surprising to me is I went into this, especially with the climate of, of the country, I went into this. Uh, like when I had to reach out to all of the elected officials and and local leaders in the area, um, probably a hundred of them, right? And I was I'm thinking like they're not all going to be Democrats that support me. Just numerically, that's impossible. So I'm thinking like I'm going to get nasty emails or whatever. And I mean the reception has been incredible. People, I think people really respect people who stand up and run for this stuff. I know, I mean at least I sort of grew up with this idea that, you know there wasn't a lot of respect for politicians, but I'm not feeling that, at least at this point. I mean, people seem really willing to sit down with you and, and talk. And, and I think they respect you for standing up. I mean, I think it's... Oh, for sure. This is, this is not something that everybody is going to do. And there's a lot of um, courage in it, I guess. And they respect that. For sure. And I think a lot of people, some people wish that they were to, they could be the ones to do it. Mm. But some people, it's just not not in the cards for them at the moment. Um, But that means that they're definitely willing to invest time, money, resources, anything they can give. You know, you always have to be open to anything, anything anyone can give because that could be everything they have. Yeah. Um, And you could just not know it. No, I like that. And I also, I'll I'll add on to that. You have to be ready with, with the ask, with what you need. That's actually been really hard for me is... I've met with a ton of people and they say, this is great. I really like you. Like, how can I help? And I'm like, I don't know. I've never done this before. <laughs> it's hard to ask. It's really hard. It's hard to ask anyway, but then it's even harder to ask when you haven't run a campaign before, you haven't run for office, and you're like, I really just don't know how you can help me. I think when somebody, I mean, this sounds very simple, but when somebody said, you know, it's what are the things you need on a success or on any campaign, but a successful campaign, especially it's time and money. Mm-hmm. So every ask should 
fit into one of those buckets, whether it's money in some form or it's time, you know, volunteer time, somehow giving you back your time just along those lines. And I think that's made it easier, but it's still really hard. You've got to go in knowing what you're going to ask for. And a lot of people who get asked, like regular people, they think that if you're asking for money that you want $500, you want $100, when in reality, five bucks You could donate a dollar. Donate whatever you have at the time. Like five dollars, ten dollars, a dollar can make a a whole bunch of a difference. Well, because it shows viability, right? So being able to say, like, I just um, one of our one of the people here in Massachusetts running for Senate, I think, just sent out an email that said, I don't remember the time frame, but something along the lines of like, you know, we're only forty donors away from getting to a thousand for the month, week, whatever it was. Um, and it's things like that, because even just being able to throw out that number, you're like, wow, a thousand people have donated to this person. So, you know, for me, like when we hit the 50 donor mark, that was big, you know, hundred donors, mm-hmm. so on and so on. And so just, again, even giving a dollar or $5 it show helps the candidate that you're supporting be able to say, look at all these people who support me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you see it on presidentials all the time, mm-hmm. especially Bernie has the, <laughs> just the best fundraising I've ever seen just because it's a lot of people same thing with like Warren and a lot of other people even Trump has a a huge a very viable fundraising base because he has a lot of people all of them have a lot of people who are willing to give Mm -hmm. and they post about this all the time they have five million dollars like let's get over like the deadline with this many and I think a lot of that is motivating to people especially those who are invested in the elections, they're definitely more willing to give if there's that incentive or if, mm-hmm. if there's that goal Agreed. that they're made aware of. No, that's really smart. I feel like we're going to have to do an entire episode on fundraising. We'll do it after I start call time, which I haven't started yet. <laughs> awesome. I love to hear that. That's my favorite. <laughs> call time is... Uh, it's a whole... It's a whole thing. <laughs> We'll save that for another episode. But all right. Well, anyway, I think we'll go ahead and wrap this up because I feel like we've kicked it off well. And you're really hungry. I'm, And I'm really hungry. <laughs> Manage your time. Yes. Your self-care. Time. Self-care is key. All right. Should we? I feel like we should have like a... A sign-off? Yeah, like a sign-off. What's our sign-off going to be? Ooh. Oh. I don't know. We have to make it good. It's an honor to participate in the greatest democracy in the world. <laughs> No, is that that not that's not a good one. That's not. <laughs> All right, how about this? How about we each do one one takeaway or one one like final message? You said something today that I really like. Oh. I forget what it is that's though. That's great. I'm glad it stuck with you. <laughs> She'll get back to you on yeah. that. I think my final takeaway would really just be that running a campaign or part, being a, in a campaign is just like anything else it's just like running a business or a project at work or having kids or anything it just it's about having the right people the right strategy the you know figuring out where to get the resources from and then executing that plan which I know like I'm making that sound like that's nothing and that is a really big deal but I think if women can think about it in that way and know that it's completely doable that you do not need to be an experienced politician that you do not need to you know have a ton of money like yes those are hurdles you'll need to overcome but they're completely overcomable I think mine would just be like get involved Mm. it could be the smallest thing it could be attending one like town committee meeting 
It could be tweeting out a couple things, calling into your senators to support bills and things like that. Just get involved, honestly. Just start reading up, like researching like topics that you're really passionate about and just go. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Elected, the podcast. There's work to be done, and we need you to be a part of getting more women to stand up, run, and serve in elected office. To learn more, visit electedpodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to hear new episodes as they are released. Until next time, keep running.